Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship podcast. Today, we are talking all things menstrual cycle. And specifically, we're going to be talking about the magic and power of your menstrual cycle and also about a lot about menopause and how menopause has gotten a bad rap in our society. And there is so much to be celebrating about this time in our life. So with me today, I have the founders of Red School and the authors of a book called Wild Power, Discover the Power of Your Menstrual Cycle. So welcome, Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer. So happy to have you guys here. I'm really Thank happy you. to be with you, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you so much for having this conversation with us. So give us a little bit of an understanding about what Red School is and like, why did you start Red School? Like, what's the, uh-huh. what's the story behind it? What Red School is, Red School's many things, Jennifer, but one thing it is, is it's a community of women who have come together to really talk about, learn about, and discover the power of their menstrual cycle and conscious menopause. So mm-hmm. we realized many, many years ago that these com- kinds of conversations were just not happening. And in fact, there was so much shame, taboo, and confusion around the menstrual cycle and menopause. So we really wanted to change that and just open the conversation up in a way that really dignifies us and the nature of our bodies and what it means to be a cyclical being in this world. So it's a community of women, first and foremost. And Alexandra and I teach, guide, we offer courses, training programs, we've written books, really to offer the understanding that we've garnered over the years of talking to many, many women. And of course, from studying our own experiences of our Mm -hmm. cycle, we've paid really close attention to our menstrual cycles and Alexandra's post-menopause to her menopause experience and looked at what the sort of deep structures are and what the archetypal patterns are and what our shared experience is. And we've created maps and ways of understanding and making sense of the experience that we all go through. We mm-hmm. all go through. So that's red school. I love the term conscious menopause. Like that actually mm-hmm. gave me goosebumps as you said it, because I think for so many of us, you know, we go along this path with either no relationship or a really bad relationship with our menstrual cycle, you know, wishing it would not come every month, but secretly wishing it would come every month. Exactly. And then then you reach menopause, which we've never talked about. And honestly, like for me, and I know this is true for many women, it was a rude awakening. Like it almost felt like a betrayal of sorts, right? (laughs) It was like this, my body that I'd been managed to control and navigate through this whole thing. And now all of a sudden it was just like everything, anything goes, things were happening that I didn't understand, you know, and even my own doctor couldn't help me understand it. So I love, 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 love the term conscious menopause. I just want to come in here, Jennifer, because when you said that word betrayal, that is actually the name we have given to the first stage of menopause (laughs) and is 
I mean, it just made me want to laugh at everything, and it's horrible. <laughs> but in a sense, we're talking about menopause as this extraordinary initiatory process and into an, a more expanded place of power. And it's a very different order of power from the power we've kind of been used to. And actually, this feeling of betrayal is actually a very key component of that mm. menopause is an awakening. It's a profound yeah. awakening on all levels, but it's a spiritual right. awakening ultimately. And betrayal is the first element of that. And at the same time, this is going to probably sound a little contradictory because, of course, betrayal doesn't feel great. <laughs> no one wants to experience that. But actually, when you live your menstrual cycle in a very conscious way, and we can talk more about that in the moment, you actually feel evolved into menopause. I, whilst I encountered an experience of betrayal, it was more at a spiritual level, interestingly, but I did not get a huge slap in the face or, you know, mm. yes, my body was changing. Yes, I had to negotiate, you know, not having that young and in inverted commas body in the same way. Right. <laughs> but I felt sort of, emotionally, as though I was being organically evolved into something that I could manage, I could pace. And I, I want to add a caveat here, a very, 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 very big caveat. I was not caring for children. I didn't have to care for older parents because this is a lot of what's happening to women. They're right. arriving at menopause. They've got children at home still. They might have aging parents they're having to look after and they've got the day job. Mm -hmm. Oh, and this is the relationship, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I was actually at that point single. I ran my own business. So I was utterly my own boss and I did not have children. And the other really important ingredient was that because of my years of practicing cycle awareness and healing some very difficult menstrual problems and doing all that healing work, my body was in a good place when I got to it. I wasn't, you see, so much of the trauma of menopause is because we're exhausted. And I actually oh, yeah. had some resource in my being. I had physical resource. I also had psychological sort of resources, if you like. You know, I had time for myself. And I could give time to menopause because menopause does require something of you. And if you don't have that time, then menopause is just another job on the list. And you have, frankly have no time to go through a death and rebirth process because you've got to get food on the table for your children, right. et, cetera, et cetera. Right. And I think that is like the biggest struggle that we have as a society with it is because we are so busy, overly scheduled. Like, and I'm going to use myself as an example as like, Literally, my body was this thing that carried around my head and I needed my head to do my job. Right. And I my own relationship with my body was manipulated and molded into some kind of a pleasing <laughs> thing. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like now my body's not responding and, you know, now I'm not sleeping and I have aches and pains here and I'm having heart palpitations. And I'm like all of this stuff just started happening over which I had no control. And because I think you just made an important point that I hadn't. I had no relationship really with my cycle. It just came and it went. I was too busy, distracted from, you know, with life, kids, job, work, you know, all of the things. And that's when it felt really like the betrayal part of it. So how do you 
counselor, what's your response to, you know, most of us women who are just, you know, pulled in a million different directions. And now we're starting to feel this sense of betrayal. It's hard to get from this place of like, my body's betraying me in all these ways to, oh, this is an awakening. Like, how do we navigate that path? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because ever since you yeah. were struck by that phrase, conscious menopause, I was kind of mulling it and thinking, yes, like what does conscious menopause actually mean? And so your question of, yeah, so we arrive there and, and uh, or what now? We feel this betrayal. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when we talk about conscious menopause, we're talking about, you know, each person's experience of what they're going through, being more mindful of what's happening inside of them and that it's a, the disturbance however they feel it, is drawing their attention to what their needs are Mm -hmm. and how can they then create space for what's needing. Like in your case, your body clearly needed more rest, nourishment, care. It needed some sort of bolstering because, you know, you were in physical distress. Yeah. So there's, there's that whole element of conscious menopause. But then there's also another piece we're talking about, which is like societally that we're (laughs) conscious of menopause. And in our book, what that means is like, can we create more space for those people who are going through menopause so that they do and can find little ways of cutting themselves some slack? And can we support people going through menopause, Mm. our sisters, our friends, or our colleagues to be able to respond to what their needs are? So I'm sort of slight going partway to answering your question. I'm going to hand the baton on to Alexandra to continue on that, that answer, because I, I know she's got more to say on this because it's a really good question, Jennifer. It is such a good question. Yeah. And I kind of just want to slow down and mm. in myself and digest it. <laughs> uh, you see, the thing is, so I, I'm aware I've got to speak to those that are actually in that betrayal moment right now and going, yikes, what do I do? But I'm also speaking to those who aren't there yet. Yeah, no, for, for sure, both. Yeah. yeah. So I'll speak to the ones that aren't there yet. Yeah. And really, you've got to start now, now, today. In fact, yesterday, you have got to start now to check in with your body because really most of us are on hyperdrive you know mm-hmm. it's that you know like we weren't really moving at the pace of our body or the pace of our nervous system and the truth is it's not that menopause is the problem it's that your being menopause is alerting you to the fact that your body is exhausted and will not be pushed anymore So because I really want to get away from this idea that sort of menopause is a problem. Actually, Mm -hmm. bodies are a problem. Yeah. Frankly, you know, you know, as far as our head is concerned, for sure, bodies are a problem. But actually, our bodies are the repository of of not just physically being able to carry out what our heads do, but our bodies are the repository of our soul, if you like, of, of feeling and meaning. And, you know, that doesn't come from just left brain thinking. It arises from your heart. And, you know, your heart is housed in your body. So we have to start to learn to live in a more measured, paced way overall in our culture. 
Our culture mm. is all on hyperdrive. And, where, you know, yeah. who's going to start changing it? It's just going to be individuals that go, I'm not going to dial into that crap anymore. I'm going to start doing something different. And mm. you just start with very small changes. And So this, this check-in with your body that Alexandra is talking about is for anybody who's cycling, is the practice of menstrual cycle awareness. Right. That's what we're talking about. It's actually checking in with your mood and energy on any given day because that is your tether to your nervous system. That's the stress-sensitive system in your body. So if you're paying attention to where you are in your menstrual cycle, you'll be pacing your own energy levels, you'll be pacing your nervous system, you'll be caring for your health. So that really is the way to live more sustainably and make sure that when you turn up at menopause, you aren't empty. Yeah, yeah, that's plus you're building this capacity to listen to your own needs in that process of practicing menstrual cycle awareness. So that's really yeah. for anyone who's still cycling, that's definitely the, the place to start. And then one of the things you're doing there, of course, is you're learning about boundaries because boy, are you going to learn about boundaries big time when you get to menopause? So you oh, want yeah. to get the training wheels on very fast, you know, practice boundaries now, you know, before you get there. So if you are now in menopause and everything feels like it's going haywire and you're losing it, and you might, might even feel like you're, you're going mad. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're actually waking up, but it feels a little bit like you're going mad. But hang in with me. So actually, we just so happen to be just finishing off the manuscript of our book on menopause. So it's very real. I cannot wait. You guys are going to have to come back for that one. (laughs) Yes, we will have to come back for that one. We've got a chapter in there that we call the menopause triage. You know, it's help. Menopause is here. What do I do? And we've got these kind of key strategic things that you've got to do. The first thing you really have to do is to name that up. I'm in menopause. You know, my body is is going through a huge shift physically, the hormonal shift. It does require something. Your body has to put some effort in to do this big hormonal shift. But alongside that, there's this huge emotional and then spiritual evolution that's going on. And you cannot do that and maintain the pace you were living before. So you have to kind of grab yourself and go, I'm in menopause. I've got to do things differently now. I have different needs. And it's really very powerful, that thing of just naming it for yourself. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is you've got to start to find ways to carve out more time and space for yourself. So we have this great strategy that we call the art of snudging, S-N-U-D-G-I-N-G. And you are going to become absolutely brilliant at this art of snudging. And what that means is you look perfectly respectable on the outside. You're doing, you know, you have this food on the table. You're turning up for work. You're just yet delivering. Butter would not melt in your mouth. But on the inside, you are doing the barest minimum to get by, Jennifer. You are just enough that you look okay. You no longer go the extra mile for anybody. You just deliver on what, you know, the key things you have to deliver on and you drop your standards. You drop the perfectionism. It's honestly, perfectionism at this point is going to completely do you in. (laughs) Just you have to drop it now. It's incredibly liberating. Mm -hmm. 
And, and you it, drop the drive, you drop ambition, you drop the pushing, you drop all yes. of that. And you, you get into kind of a coast mode, you know, coasting, mm-hmm. you're just coasting. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. coasting. And I just want to add something really important here, which is that you have one, there are two superpowers we write about in menopause, but you have this one very particular one that I absolutely love, which just comes up out of nowhere, where you find organically, you just want to say no, 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 I can't, no. You just feel this no. You just see everything in your life and you go, I don't want that. No, no, I don't want that. You know, I culled two thirds of my beloved library of books because I just wanted everything out, you know, culled my wardrobe. No, no, no. You'll cull people out of your lives. You, You know, things that just don't, if things, you can't do something just because you're good at it now or because you can. You can only do things because you want to, or, right. you know, yeah, it's, yeah, you get my point, I think. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And like the work that you guys are doing in the world is so, so important. Like I wish, and like, I, like my daughter hears all this now, but like, I wish that I was able to have this conversation, you know, in my twenties, thirties and forties, you know, leading up to that. And because then it's like, okay, now I can welcome it. Like now I'm preparing my nervous system because like we are all living on these completely jacked up nervous systems that we don't even realize. And then, like you said, menopause doesn't tolerate any of that. And so the whole thing starts to implode, but then, you know, there's the part about slowing down. And then a lot of us, because of the culture in which we've been, we feel guilty. Oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, I'm kind of doing the bare minimum at work. I'm not taking on any extra assignments. I'm I'm doing and. Or even saying no. Sometimes it's our people pleasing that we we want to say no, but we can't, right? For whatever mm-hmm. reason, like we're struggling with that piece. And people pleasing, I think, is a, way more prevalent than we even realize for us as women because we've been cultured that way, right? But it's like being able to be in a position where you can welcome in this time of your life and then the physical changes that go with it, mm-hmm. like how much more beautiful of an experience could it be? Like, I'm almost like tearing up as I'm listening to you speak mm-hmm. because it's, there's just so much like truth in that experience versus we yeah. go, you know, battling and fighting and, you know, I'm going to whip down my symptoms. I'm going to cure this. I'm going to, and we are looking at it like we're battling an illness yeah. As opposed to, you know, initiating ourselves into a new chapter, mm. a new and beautiful chapter mm, yeah. of our lives. And yeah. I, I wish this education for every woman in the world and like your work is beautiful. So, so beautiful. I'm so glad I came across you guys. It's just, oh, yeah. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit more about... So this. Jennifer, yeah. whoa, whoa, sorry, I just got yeah, to yeah. respond to that because I feel so moved by what you're saying and mm. I just, you are so tapped into something. I can hear from what you're saying how you can feel the enormous potential that comes from, you know, us women being cycle aware just as a way of life, but also being able to understand menopause as being part of our cyclical nature and understanding that it's the inner winter of our life. And with that, we can let go of all the pressure to be or do anything other than rest, restore, kind of decompose, you know, and not feel guilty about it. And then the power that can come through that. It's very, very moving what you're saying. So I, I just really wanted to say Thank you. And no, thank you. 
Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I have this thing that I call the tears of truth. And whenever something is just like, I feel it in my whole body. This is yeah. the truth. Like this is the actual truth. And this conversation is just like, oh God, I wish I, I wish my life would have been, would have been five years of my life that would have been so, so much easier had I got that message sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in a couple of places, I saw you talk about menopause as a returning to yourself. Yes. Can we chat a little bit more about that and and, uh, how you view that? Yes. Wow, that's a super question too. It's great. I mean, really, menopause is this extraordinary journey to really discover who you really are, truly are. And that's at the heart of it. And then from that, what it is that you are here to serve in the world. And what's interesting about menopause is initially it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're losing yourself. Mm -hmm. You feel like you don't know who you are anymore. Suddenly all the things that were important to you don't speak in the same way. You know, like you're over your work, you're over your children, you're over your partner. I mean, honestly, (laughs) you ditch the lot. (laughs) Right. And we we have a term for that. We call it the burn the house moment, where frankly, you just want to walk out the house, throw the match over your head, you know, (laughs) over your back, over your shoulder and walk off into the sunset, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Just a little light bag. Oh, no, and you won't even take your mobile with you. You're over it all. (laughs) I mean, really, that's the fantasy for far too many of us. Uh, But really, it's extraordinary how when menopause kicks in, this compulsion just to let go of everything. And of course, in doing that, you're letting go of identities. Who am I? Jeez, if I'm not a mother anymore and I can't have children anymore, if I'm not doing this job, which I've invested, what, you know, 25 years of my life in, whatever, then what's it all about? Who am I? I mean, that is absolute quintessential archetypal menopause initiation. This is the first stage where you, in a sense, we like to say you die for a while. What's really dying is your ego is coming off its perch, you see. So it's a great big ego death. But really, to the rest, for you, it just feels like the end of everything. And it feels like your mind is shutting down and you can't think of anything. And then there is this incredible magic that gets to work. But for the magic to happen, you've got to trust menopause. And to trust menopause, you need time and space for yourself. Again, I actually want to come back to that. And we could talk about the 1% there, Shani. But it's not going to happen if you can't have some chill out time because you need to just metaphorically die. But by that, I mean, (laughs) just literally let go. Just let go. Let go. Which to the ego is a bit like dying because, you know. Yeah. So you've got to just find a way or find ways to let go and let go and let go. And you'll find, you will feel how profoundly exhausted you are. And you've got to follow that thread. You've got to, the sort of next stage of menopause after that betrayal is repair. And there's just huge amount of repair work one is doing. And you're in the dark. You're like a a caterpillar that's going to mush. Okay, the caterpillar image is really good, actually. You go into the chrysalis, you you know, you just want to hunker down and you go to mush and then there's nothing, you know, there's just nothing and there's nothing and there's nothing and there's nothing. And then one day, one day something starts to happen. You start to go, oh, 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 maybe I'm okay. 
maybe oh oh you start to have sort of revelation almost about yourself about who you are it is sort of magical and Pete, you have to trust it you just have to trust me almost like trust me except that of course i can't guarantee anything <laughs> right right <laughs> but what happens is in that those first stages you're just clearing away all the roles all the masks all the identities and in a sense your soul in deep in your soul, you're asking the question, who am I really? And honestly, you it starts to come. You go, oh, my God, this is who I am. Oh, wow, and I put up with all that. Oh, and I gave myself such a hard time about that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is who I am. And I always joke because I literally slap myself on my forehead, you know, I mean, oh, my God, this is who I am. And in a way, it's not new because no. – and people have said, you know, I know those things are my nature, but and it's so bizarre because I sort of knew, of course I knew it, but then I knew it. And it was almost like I went clunk in my being and something lined up, Jennifer. And I, in a way, made peace with who I am or was. You know, I am because I'm still here. <laughs> I made peace at that moment with myself. And I let go of all the things that I thought that I should have been able to do or wanted to be good at, but really aren't those things. And of course, then judged myself for not being able to do those things. I thought, oh, I wasn't that kind of person. Why was I judging myself? I wasn't that kind of person. I'm this kind of person. And I'm really good at this. And so it's like this super clarity about your own nature and who you are and really and liking it. It's the key job of menopause is to like yourself, to go finally go, you know what? You're okay. You're okay. I would say that's the top task of menopause. And if you want to come out of menopause feeling really good and really being able to enjoy the extraordinary kind of expansion and freedom that's there in menopause, you've got to do that. Okay. You literally just described the last six years of my life. (laughs) Right. Right. Being like divorced, empty nester, physically burnt out. Like I literally couldn't get out of bed most days. And I would lie in bed going, who am I? Like, I'm not able to go to the gym anymore. I'm no longer a corporate executive. I'm not a mom. I'm not a wife. My whole identity, who I thought I was in the world was completely stripped. And it was only in that place where total surrender. I'm like, okay, now I get to figure out who I am. (laughs) Took me a while to get to that place, right? There was a lot of beating myself up, like what's wrong with me? The rest of the world seems to be going on okay. And I'm in a big heap on the floor here, (laughs) unable to do anything. And that process though, that process of slowly, like almost imperceptibly, you know, crawling out of it at a pace that goes against every structure and everything that we've ever learned in our world right? And being patient with yourself in that because the ego is screaming, what's wrong with you? Get on with it. Find a job, do this, do that, right? And luckily, and I I truly view menopause as the greatest gift that I have ever had in my life to bring me back to myself. But like, and and trusting that process, like you said, trusting that what everything that's happening is supposed to be happening. And again, it's not something that we in our culture are taught, Right. Like muscle control, manipulate, make it look like you want it to look like, as opposed to trusting your own evolution in the evolution of the body. Yeah. Right. Like. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think it's so important that you've shared your story, Jennifer, especially the piece of like the last six years of your life, because this is one of the things 
that isn't named and recognized is that menopause happens over a long period of time. This is like, (laughs) you know, to go through this while everyday life is carrying on, you know, for a few years. And that's the other thing is once we understand that there is this containment of time, a long time, we can again let ourselves off the hook in terms of, you know, what we expect of ourselves. We're operating at a different level for a number of years. And then I just wanted to say, and this is the bit I love about your story, I just wanted to point out, and here you are now, old chicks no shit, you know. I mean, talk about about the (laughs) outcome. I mean... That's a serious outcome. (laughs) Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, when I finally got to the point of understanding that, okay, this can actually be something, you know, and at that point I had started doing some really deep spiritual work. And, you know, when I hired a coach at that point, because I was like, okay, I obviously need to see my life very differently than it is because it's telling me that I can't go on this way and I need somebody to be able to call me on my crap, right? (laughs) Just to help me see my shit. And then, you know, it was like one day when I worked back in corporate, we used to have this saying, like when new people would join the team, it's like, hey, follow us old chicks because we know we know some shit, right? And then one day it landed and I was like, this is a whole other like interpretation. Like we know so much, all the experience and the wisdom, you know, and the knowledge that we have that gets just dismissed now because we don't look the way that we used to look or, you know, we're struggling with some physical symptoms. And like, why are we focused on the symptoms? Why are we focused on our bodies and our wrinkles and our hair when there's this amazing gift sitting right here that we just keep running around? Like we're just like bypassing it and bypassing it. And like, when we pick up that gift, that's where our power is. Like I honestly truly believe that like midlife women are going to rule the world. Like we are going to change the world in ways that, and it's already starting, right? Like as we all each claim our power and like step into our gifts, like we show the world a different experience, like a very different experience of what it means to be a midlife woman, right? Like I'm always challenging that whole notion of, you know, maiden mother crone, you know, that you typically see. And because I was like, okay, maiden mother, been there, check, check. And I'm like, but I'm not yet a crone. Like, I'm not like this wizened old woman sitting on the mountaintop spouting wisdom. Like, exactly. What Jennifer. happened to that big period of my life between like 50 and 80? Like, it's just been completely whitewashed. And I'm like, this, exactly. this is the power right here. Like this is, and, and arguably the longest chapter of our lives right? Like it's 30 years, motherhood. Well, maybe it does last 30 years, <laughs> but, but it's a really long chapter of life and that we're just supposed to sit around and wait for something at the end. I'm like, how ridiculous is that? Right. And I'm watching all of these brilliant, smart, you know, kick-ass women who've had these incredible experiences in life. I'm like, that has to be worth something. Like, this isn't a mistake, like mother nature, the universe, whatever you want to call it. They didn't make a mistake. We've just overlooked it. Oh, my God. I I now want to kind of, you know, weep (laughs) hearing you speak. Hey, Shani. Mm. I mean, it's profound what you say, Jennifer. Mm. It's profound. You say, I've never thought of it like that. 50 to 80, you know, it's like 30 years of living, you know. Yeah, it could be the longest, most exciting chapter of your life. I mean, it is for me. It was at 50 I really got going on my calling. You know, I used to say I was an artist with a day job. I was a psychotherapist, but, I, you know, that was my day job. And my art was this menstrual work I was growing. And, you know, a few years before I went through menopause, I got this very clear message. I was 48. 
And the message was, I was living in Australia at the time, and I'm English originally, but I'd been in Australia for a long time. And the voice said, basically, go back to England and, you know, stop being a psychotherapist. You're not going to do that anymore. And I'd done that for a long time. That was, you know, <laughs> you don't suddenly just change gears like that overnight. Yeah. And, and I took it seriously. I didn't know, you know, the fullness of what I wanted to do, but I just knew my work as a psychotherapist was done. And I knew I needed to go back to Europe. I mean, it wasn't just England, mm. it was kind of Europe. I wanted to be in that part of the world. I needed to be closer to my family in the UK as well. And it was seven years from that thought to the end of menopause. And I basically reworked my psyche and my life to actually really step onto my real work, all my work's real, but uh, my sort of true calling, you know, the work that I was perfectly designed for, perfectly designed for. And I mean, it's just exploded. But I mean, my, you know, the creative ideas, you know, you know, people worry about their minds, losing their minds at menopause, not being able to sort of think in the same way and not remembering things. I say, don't get worked up about that. You've got this kind of create, you're going to feel high, you know, like you're on steroids or something with your imagination exploding with ideas. I mean, I'm so creative. I'm unbelievably productive. I mean, it's Shani and I together. We are incredible <laughs> in our capacity. And, you know, I'm in my late 60s now and, and I'm not slowing down yet. I mean, I have to be, I'm very, very careful about my health. I'm fierce about mm. my self-care, but you know, there's so much I want to do. And it, it feels so satisfying, much more satisfying and meaningful than my previous work, which was good. But this feels so spiritually yeah. rich and powerful. I feel so full of meaning. I feel held by something. You know, I feel a kind of deep trust in life. And it's an incredible feeling to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting because I often describe this as, you know, like living my life, I did all the things that I was supposed to do, right? You know, go yes. to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, rise your way up the corporate ladder. And, you know, I would find myself at various places, like in boardrooms and stuff. And I'd be going, really? This is, it? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So there was some kind of inkling that there were parts of me that were unexplored, right? And, you know, like I have found this new chapter of my life. I have found my passion and my calling. And I probably work harder if like as hard, if not harder than I did. But the difference is living from, you know, obligation and responsibility is a depleting energy, right? And when you're living into your calling, it's a renewable energy source. So you can't actually burn yourself that. from it, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so we've been living a lot of us, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of us have been living out of duty and obligation to our families, to our jobs, to, you know, like whatever it is. And we're starting to feel burnt out. And to me, that burnout, that sign of burnout is actually the first indication that, oh, you need to be starting to adjust some things to find kind of what is that renewable resource for you. Because like, I mean, just even having this conversation, like the work that I do with the podcast, like having these conversations, I walk away on a massive high for the rest of the day. I'm like, I can, I'm superwoman. I can conquer the world, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it, so this is exactly it. And this is kind of what I'm explaining to like my clients and when I'm speaking and things like that, right? Like all burnout is, is just an indication. Like it's a little sign that says you're missing something. You can't keep going this one. You need to 
you know, find a different way uh, to express yourself. Yeah. And, and I have to say like you, I mean, the parts of myself that I've discovered as I've navigated this journey are like my favorite parts of me now, like that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because mm-hmm. they were part of my corporate experience. Right. But, mm-hmm. and here they are. And I'm like, wow, I really like this part of me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm feeling tempted to say something here about the menstrual cycle. And I guess there are yes, people listening no, who do. still have a cycle and, and on yeah. this note of, uh, you know, sort of staying true to yourself. So, of course, I'm still cycling. I'm in my mid-40s. You know, what we're talking about here is like having some sort of built-in feedback system whereby we do these little reality checks on our life and ask ourselves whether what we're doing is working, whether we're being true, whether it's nourishing, serving us, whether it's us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there is a really big feedback moment that happens of that nature at menopause that Alexandra has just Mm -hmm. described. But every month through the monthly menstrual cycle, you know, we go through these four inner seasons. And one of the inner seasons, the premenstruum, which we call the inner autumn, is the quintessential moment of actually receiving that feedback from our deep selves and from our body. You know, we notice how exhausted we are. We notice how kind of irritable we are with the state of our relationship or our marriage. You know, that's why people always have fights with their partners in the pre-menstruum. Right. You know, we notice how our work is, you know, what's not working at work really, you know, peeves us off. So things agitate, disturb us. We see the, you know, we see the bullshit. We see what's not working. That critical capacity in us really comes to the fore and we get really discerning about things. So every month, if you're practicing cycle awareness, you'll be getting kind of notes about really course correcting, if you like, little like micro shifts, you know, about what's needed in your life, what adjustment is needed so that you are constantly being steered towards your calling Mm -hmm. and towards being more you and living more honestly with yourself. Yeah. So that's a really good thing for people who are still cycling, just to kind of pay attention to that pre-menstruum in autumn time to support that. Yeah. You know, my daughter and I have had a lot of conversation about this because I used to watch her struggle with her cycle. Like every month it would take her out for three days. She'd be lying in bed sobbing, you know, it would just, and as she has, you know, She's also started doing some pretty deep spiritual work and she's, you know, found her her passion through teaching and she's moved to London. And like, literally, I think it was last month, she said to me, like, I've had like no cramps. I don't feel like crying. I, wow. I yeah, we were actually saying, I go, I, I think this is, I think this is called alignment. Like this is you, you know, because her original plan was, and this is so interesting. Her original plan was to go to medical school because she really wanted to be. And since she was a five-year-old, she said, I wanted to be a doctor because I want to help people. I want to heal people. And then medical school didn't happen. You know, her marks weren't good enough. She tried to get in a couple of times, but she couldn't let go like of the idea that she needed to be a doctor and was feeling like she was in failure, like she had failed in her objective until one day we started having a conversation about healing. And that as a doctor, it's not the only way to heal. Like inherently she's a healer. And I'm like, there's so many other avenues that you can go down as a healer. And so, you know, she's always had a love of kids. And so she started going down that. And as she started, you know, going into that path, like, first of all, things just fell into place and opened up for her in ways that I are still magic. Like it's complete magic, but I've watched her even at her body, like her physical symptoms, like how she experiences her cycle every month is so drastically different 
her being in the state of resistance and feeling like she was failing because she didn't, you know, and that like that kind of alignment with who, like true alignment with who you are. And, and I recognize that my menopause symptoms were so bad because I was so far out of alignment from who I am actually as a person, right? It needed to, it needed to be drastic to stop me in my tracks so that I could make the pivot, right? Because if it had been some like mild little thing, I would have just bulldozed on through. And even now to this day, if I start going off the track too far, like I will start to get hot flashes. I will start to have the, like, it's like my body going, oh, hey, 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 you know, go back over there, back to where you were, mm-hmm. right? And it's like this little reminder that, you know, <laughs> you're back back in alignment, back on your track. So I love the wisdom of our bodies. And just, I, I wish every little girl from the time she's, you know, born understood how much wisdom we have and that it's constantly talking to us, right. Guiding us, you know? And so I, again, I just have to say, I, the work that you guys are doing in the world is just so beautiful and so incredibly needed. So, I mean, I could have this conversation with you guys for hours. I I could listen to you for hours. Um, I'm so so glad you have a podcast because you have so much good shit to share. And I'm really (laughs) glad that people listening to you, honestly, you're right. Post-menopause women ruling the world, sharing, you know, lots of good wisdom. This is exactly what the world needs. We're like going to be a midlife army. Exactly. (laughs) We completely agree. So tell our listeners how they can find your book and where they can find more about Red School. I'm going to be sharing this so widely because like, I'm going to just tell everybody I know because this needs to be shared, but tell our listeners where we can find you. All right. The best place to find us is via our website, which is redschool.net. We're also on Instagram at red.school and on Facebook. But through our website, you will be able to find, we've got lots of good blogs and articles Mm -hmm. and free menopause courses and all sorts. And you can find, so our one book was published in 2017. That's Wild Power, which is all around the menstrual cycle, which actually, whether you're in or through menopause, it's a really worthwhile thing to read just for kind of recovering or making sense of your experience, even if it is in retrospect. And that's available at every good bookstore, we hope. And then our new book, which is about menopause, titled To Be Disclosed, that's only coming out in June next year. But you can get signed up on our mailing list and we can let you know about it. Oh, that's the thing that's happening, Alexandra. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We have got... An online menopause course. We run it every autumn. We oh, make it starts. Yeah. There's a free call in the middle of October, and then it starts at the beginning of November. And we're into about our third or fourth round of this starting up. We've done it as an in-person workshop for years, and we've been running it online now for about three years, I think. Mm. And we really dive deep into the psychological and spiritual kind of transformation. Mm-hmm. That takes place at menopause and how the different kind of stages of that and the things you encounter and what you need to do to care for yourself or what you need to sort of grow up in yourself in a sense, you know, there's a challenge you have to kind of rise to meet. And then there's lots of sort of lovely self-care stuff that we Mm. give as well. So yes, that our menopause course, the great. Because it's also a a whole group of women, the community around that is so rich and people sharing of experiences and going through the five phases of menopause really 
powerful, bringing, bringing menopause women together. Actually, you could do it even if you're just before menopause or post-menopause, but right. you know, bringing, bringing people at that life phase together is quite yeah. It's really potent. It's really, and it's stories of women, you know, and, and women feel they're not alone and they go, oh, I'm not going mad, actually. I know, this, right? Yeah, you're experiencing it too. And of course, we configure how you look at that so-called madness that you're experiencing and you discover it's actually not that, it's actually you waking up, but not being supported to experience mm-hmm. that, you know, more yeah. clearly. Mm. So that course can be found on your website? Yes. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. So thank you for this beautiful conversation. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you guys would like to, to share at this point or... I've got one little thing that I alluded to earlier that I just want to leave everybody with because, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone listening to this is going, yeah, but how do I find the time? You know, my time is already up Mm -hmm. to here stuff. And we have what we call the 1% change. And the 1%, you just start with just tiny changes. Yeah. You stick to them and that grows exponentially. And a 1% change can be that just simply the thought I'm changing and I need something different or I'm just saying I deserve to have time and space for myself. Mm -hmm. Just that thought is a 1%. Yeah. And then that thought leads to you noticing, oh, maybe I don't have to do that. Or maybe, maybe I just Mm. answer that call. I'll just sit here for five more minutes or, and it's claiming five minutes of time here, 10 there, half an hour with a cup of tea where everything is turned off. I tell you, it's non-negotiable. You're all going to do it. Absolutely non-negotiable. You could always do 1%, as we say. (laughs) That's my parting shot. (laughs) That is amazing advice to end this conversation. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you love what you heard in this conversation, we would so appreciate a rating or review so that we can share this widely because so many more women need to be hearing this conversation. Like it's so, so critically important for us all. So thank you everybody until next time. Thank you for listening to the old chicks, no shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.